around I'd finally see I think I need a change The rat race I wanna flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. My name is Harold Thornbro. I'm glad you're joining me today. And I also have a guest today, Rhonda Fowler. And uh, see, you're the, what do we call you, a founder of the Indiana Homesteading uh, Conference? Is that what you... Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year was the first year you you did that event and and planning on uh, being a way bigger event this year. So we want to hear all about that. And uh, But I think before we jump into that, I'd love to hear about you and your journey into homesteading and kind of the things you're doing on your homestead. And then we can kind of talk about the conference in a little bit. Yeah, here. Sounds good. Yeah. I um, actually grew up on a small family farm and um, my parents were, they weren't big farmers, but they were into sustainable living. Even back then it wasn't called that. <laughs> my mother was from like the Hills of Tennessee and, you know, they grew up without, you know, indoor plumbing and, you know, things. She was born in 1926. Um, So, um, and even, you know, being from down South in in from a very small town or not even in a town, you know, in the country down there, um, they just lived a simpler life. And so she was always, uh, you know, coming in at the tail end of the great depression, she was always thinking about, living in a sustainable way and, you know, not being in debt and a lot of things like that. So we, we grew up with a very, very large garden that we, I mean, we provided a lot of the food for the family from that. And so I grew up picking green beans, working in the garden, canning, you know, we canned hundreds and hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of quarts of food every year to, you know, to help support the family. And, you know, my dad hunted. And so, you know, we, you know, butchered rabbits and, and my mom was a Southern cook and man, she could fry up some, <laughs> some chicken and some, some rabbit, you know, yeah. uh, and make some like good old fashioned white gravy to go with it. And so, you know, I did experience some, uh, helping with, you know, butchering chickens and that sort of thing when I was young. Um, so, you know, just had a lot of different experiences, um, yeah. that were, maybe different than some of the people, even though at my age, I'm, you know, my early sixties, um, you know, there were more people than gardening and involved in growing their own food and, and such, um, than there, than there is now. Yeah. It was my experience but, just growing up in rural Indiana. We kind of just did that too. It was like everybody around you did it. It was just life. You know, you, you, yeah. you didn't think about it being homesteading. You just, everybody raised a few animals and had a big garden and put up some food and hunted yeah. and, you yeah. know, did all those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although I think, you know, over the years, there's definitely been a steep decline in, yeah. in those skills being passed down, yeah. you know, to the generations. And I mean, even my husband and I, we went through periods of time, uh, for a long time when we were younger, you know, we planted our fruit trees. We, you know, had certain things that we held on to, and we had smaller like raised bed gardening and stuff like that. And I did some canning, you know, on a smaller level, 
But for years when the kids were younger and we were both working, you know, difficult jobs, you know, I had jobs that were high demand, like, you know, I had told you I was a marketing director and uh, just jobs that required a lot of, you know, time and energy and even traveling a lot and everything. So during that time frame, you know, we just had very limited involvement, even though my husband grew up on a farm as well. Uh, you know, we, we both kind of had a heart for that sort of thing. So, you know, we started our nut orchard, we do, we do certain things, you know, along the way, but it was minor, mm-hmm. but several years ago, I started pulling back from, uh, you know, working so much and everything and really wanted to, uh, invest more of our time and energy into, um, Uh, you know, I don't even know, 15 years ago or something, you know, I started doing more research on permaculture food forests, uh, Mm -hmm. just a number of different things. I started canning a lot more. uh, You know, I can a lot. That's something I I love and enjoy. And I, you know, we, I like to bake and, you know, do things like that. I like to dehydrate food Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just enjoy that kind of thing. And we grow things here. Um, like I said, I really got into the permaculture food forest and learning how to propagate some of my own plants that the easier ones to propagate, you know, like elderberries or (laughs) honeyberries or, you know, small fruits, you know, unusual fruits like kiwis and things like that, hardy kiwi. So anyway, started just kind of uh, getting more and more involved. Um, and, and really, um, more focus on planning our, um, our permaculture food forest. What, so, what made you, just for, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but what no, made you kind of, what was the mindset on that that made you kind of want to get back to that? Uh, you say you got away from it for a while, a little bit. What yeah. made you really want to dive back into? Was there anything that was in your thinking there that do you see something going on in the world or is it just a desire to do it or? You know, I think it was a combination of things. I mm-hmm. think that um, we just got tired of, being so busy and everything and, yeah. and think, cause we, we always thought, well, we'll eventually we'll have time, you know, eventually we'll have time to do this, you know? Um, and we had moved to the country in 1998 thinking, okay, we've got our land. We're, we're going to really eventually, you know, have time to do this. And we just didn't have time. We didn't have time. So we thought, you know what, we're just going to start doing this more. But at the same time, we really did see things evolving in the world that were just so different from what maybe had been in the past or, and um, so I, I wouldn't say that, you know, we, we don't operate out of fear at all. You know, it's not that we, we love the lifestyle. Um, But there are concerns about, you know, the way things are being done in the world these days and in our government and everything that I think do concern a lot of people, you know, as far as where are things headed, you know, do we have the same values that we used to have? Um, And I think I started really recognizing um, that I wanted to live closer to God's plan for things Mm -hmm. because Um, I feel like, you know, I'm a, my husband and I are believers and very passionate about our relationship with God. And I think that was a big factor right there is just this drawing in our hearts for living more the way I think he, his ways, like following his ways. And, uh, and you know, from the beginning, God set seed time and harvest and people had a connection to the land. They had a connection to 
uh, seeing things grow, harvesting, putting food up for the winter time. And um, so I just, I feel like, uh, I just felt like as a society, we were missing out on a lot of very important lessons that you learn from being a part of God's creation and what, how he made things to work. You know, so many people are disconnected from the land and, you know, planting a seed and seeing it grow. And so I just started feeling such a pull toward um, living, you know, a a more, what I would call a normal lifestyle. Um, At the same time, I was seeing that the systems that have evolved over the years that humans have become so dependent on, um, you know, I mean, God provided seed and the earth and things, you know, to, to live, but now we have this artificial system, no, many of them that we all live inside of that we completely rely on. And it bothered me to see that so much of our food was coming from 3000 miles away or something, you know? And, and I thought, you know, that just doesn't make sense to live like to, well, for one thing, financially to send your money clear across the country when you should be living locally, uh, you know, yeah. food doesn't seem as healthy anymore. And it seems like not only, you know, just, uh, the, the food system as a larger, um, what do I want to say? System monster, you know, <laughs> it, it's become so it unhealthy, <laughs> you know, cause the ag system and I don't, and, and many times people get really angry at the farmers as if they're the ones who, you know, is causing all this, but it's an evolution of things that I think has become really broken. Um, So I I guess it was a number of things that uh, have kind of come together to really give me a passion for this issue. And one thing, you know, I've really learned is that we all have to enter in at a different place with it, you know, based on, you know, our abilities, where we live, our age, our health issues, any number of things. But, you know, the more I think we can connect to God's ways and more real living, like the healthier we'll become in our minds, in our souls, in our, you know, bodies, in our spirits. And so, you know, that's my hope. And I just feel a sense of calling about these issues that it, it, I'm very passionate about it, you know? Yeah. So I, I guess that's a long answer, but uh, <laughs> no, no I mean, you're right. You know, the natural design is a beautiful design. Uh, mm-hmm. it, God set it up to, I mean, one C it, it's a system of abundance. You, you yeah, take it is. That's- you get a ton of food from it. I mean, it's amazing. And, and, you know, we, we've, overcomplicated i think to such a degree that it's like oh you can't feed yourself it's too hard you know but yeah this it's set it's been designed to just you know put this in the ground and you get an abundance from it and, and yeah that's an i mean a hundred times what you plant yeah. you know yeah. and, and i um it's interesting because this is something as well like I had, I saw this video years ago, the DeVray's family. Oh yeah. Family. Did you see that? It um, was one of the, it was one of the videos that really inspired me to start homesteading on a small lot because I, they were doing so much. Yeah. I, on a t- anybody out there, if you haven't seen that, you should look up the DeVray's family. They grew uh, food and were self-sustainable on a 10th of an acre. Yep. Now, a 10th of an acre lot is not very much. So, um, and they did like, 
I, I don't know what you would call it. They, they tried one year just to see how much food they could grow. And they grew 7,000 pounds yeah. of food on a 10th yeah. of an acre. And they had a lot left over to sell mm-hmm. that they made money on, you know, with that. I'll post a, I'll put a link to that, to the video um, that they did. Uh, it was a little like a documentary type video they did. Yeah. And, uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for folks to check out. But yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Jules uh, Gervais has since passed, but his family still carries on doing a lot of that, that work. I mean, they're still uh, in the same little house and, and producing just a ton of food. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it, they're doing a lot there and they, they don't have any, I mean, there's, there's no lawn. <laughs> they, every square yeah. inch of that place is production. But yeah. it is amazing to see what you can do on such a small area and and produce an abundance of food. Uh, um, yeah. And like it's said, not like, you know, the big ag industry where, you know, you're doing row cropping and all this kind of stuff where you're growing grains on a large scale or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that that's something that I, I'm so passionate about is breaking the mindset off of people because so many people are in this lack mindset. Yeah. And, you know, the word abundance, that's something that has been a part of like my heart on this is God's abundance. Because in reality, if you come into agreement with the way he made things to work, instead of into agreement with these breaking big systems that are out there, you know, you really can live in abundance. But there's so many people don't believe that. And they have a different um, way of approaching things in life. I'm going to turn my phone down, but and I just really want to um, impart to people. You really can grow your own food on a small space. Yeah. Um, and I know some of these big cities that are very compacted and people may just have a balcony or something. Um, I know that's got its own special set of circumstances and challenges, mm-hmm. but I think if people change their mindset and they at least start somewhere and come into agreement more and more with God's ways and, you know, learn skills, you know, um, it's amazing how much things can change, you know, if you adapt a different mindset. Yeah. Even in a, in a, in an apartment though, like I, I grow in an aquaponic system and microgreens and you can eat every day from those two systems from doing a microgreen setup and a, and a a small fish tank aquaponic setup. I can can eat from that. Not, I don't eat every meal from that, but I can eat from that every day, Yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and and you could do that in an apartment, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So a lot of people just, I think, aren't aware of how much you really can do. Yeah. I mean, that makes an impact. Absolutely. Which that leads us to the Indiana Homesteading Conference. Your heart obviously is to convince people that they can do something where they're at. And and I think that's probably was part of the inspiration for putting on this conference, right? Yes, absolutely. And it really, um, the mission, you know, I felt was just to help people, um, Again, reconnect to God's ways, learn more uh, sustainable living skills, become more resilient, Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I think we need to disconnect as much as we can. You know, nothing's perfect, right? But disconnect as much as we can from dependence on uh, a lot of these systems that, you know, now it's becoming clearer and clearer that they're breaking down. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, oftentimes I say people, 
just go along their days thinking, you know, there's always going to be a Starbucks, Starbucks on every corner and, you know, a pizza hut down the street or something that I can, you know, eat off of. And not that maybe who knows, maybe they always will be there. But um, it just seems odd if you really take a step back and look at it to depend on your food coming from thousands of miles away. I actually saw a statistic one time, I don't remember the details on it, but it was a huge percentage of food comes from California and Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, even stuff you wouldn't think would come from there. So it has to be picked way early of when it's actually the most nutritious and the ripeness is correct and everything. Because we live, you know, we we eat from food that's coming so far away. And some of our food comes from China, for goodness sake. You know, and, and the transportation costs in that, and, yeah. and, and the, not just the financial cost, but even the cost to the environment on trucking all this stuff and doing all Absolutely. things. I mean, it's, 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 it's just a huge impact on the whole system overall. And, uh, yeah, so much of that can be eliminated by growing food in your backyard. Absolutely. You know, because, you know become more, uh, again, live more locally, let your money stay locally, let your, you know, your food come as much as possible. You know, sometimes you just have to work away at what you're able to do. Yeah. Um, But really everybody can grow some of their food. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you change your mindset a little bit and, you know, maybe put a priority maybe in different places than, you know, what you have historically. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's my, uh, passion is that people would wake up and break free of a lot of these um, things that they just take for granted that they, you know, assume they, you know, have to live that way. There really are different, different ways you can live. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you started this conference and and you brought in some speakers and, and, and is that your goal to bring people in that can tell people how they can do it to, to show them how convince them how maybe even encourage them to do it. Um, yes. you, yeah, you brought in some great speakers. I, I, I knew a few of them you had last year, but this year you have a pretty good lineup. I know jo- Joel Salatin is going to be there this year. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, uh, Sean and Beth Doherty, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, pork rind. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they, they all have spoken at some of the national homesteading conferences and are, you know, nationally known for, you know, speaking, uh, and they've written some books and things. Um, so they're, they'd be a great fit. We also have Hunter Smith who, um, uh, was, um, on the Colts yep. uh, team. I'm, I'm not a sports person, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, some people may know him that he yeah. is now farming and, um, you know, into, you know, um, oh, what's the word? A regenerative kind of approaches to yeah. growing food and things. So that's going to be really cool too. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't know yeah. that about him, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watched him, play, watched him play ball quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, uh, we also have uh, the founder of Azure Standard. Um, they, they grow uh, organic and uh, in a healthier ag approach uh, to growing grains and a number of different things. They have a lot of resources and, mm-hmm. uh, and products. Um, so uh, he's going to be there. We have, we have so many speakers. Uh, it's a <laughs> two day event, October 21st and 22nd. It's Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. And so we have a full lineup of speakers, several breakout sessions that are going to be taking place both days. Um, it looks like we're probably going to be having most session slots. Uh, we'll be having probably four breakout sessions per, to choose from. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have um, 
them identified as either beginner, intermediate, or experienced. Okay. So people, you know, can maybe more easily choose, you know, which uh, which ones to take part in. Of course, some of those things, you know, it's hard to place whether it's beginner, intermediate, or or experienced. But well, yeah, because uh, you could be a really experienced homesteader in one area, but just be beginning in another area. I mean, it's right, all, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of the, and a lot of your speakers are just just everyday average homesteaders. There are people out here just doing, they're just living the life. They're not, they're not, you know, world renowned or they're not famous for being speakers or anything, but they're just, they have a message too. Like you, like me, we absolutely, they got got something to say about what they're doing. And, and Mm -hmm. I find a lot of encouragement in that. I mean, people who are just living the life, you know, I do too. And they're out there, you know, doing the work they've, you know, they've tried the different gardening methods and Mm -hmm. they can speak to, you know, to, to so many things. So yeah, I really value that. And I, you know, I value, um, just everybody's experience and what they've done. And so, yeah, it's, it's super fun. We got, Oh, we got so many neat people. You would not believe the number of just amazing people that I've met just in the last few months that (laughs) just have a, a heart for, for the work and yeah. uh yeah people it's who have really a passion beautiful. for homesteading are some of the best people in the world i mean they really they do are. care about people living a healthy um self-sufficient life they want to help people to do it um i mean they just it's a spark inside them that they want to just flame that fire and yeah. go everywhere and i mean i i i mean i have them on the show all the time we have, we talk to people all the time and it's just amazing to hear their heart for that, you know, they, they, know. they really do want to see that happen, you know? Yeah. You know, one thing that is very important to me is to, um, I guess, instill a desire for people to develop community, mm-hmm. um, around, you know, homes, homesteading, um, and to be able to connect with people at their local level. You know, so last year, one of the things that we did was regional uh, community breakouts, uh, community building. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an extended lunch hour. We're going to do this again on Saturday. Um, we'll have uh, an hour and a half for lunch so people can grab lunch and then go to their region of the state. And uh, this year, we're really going to try to do a lot of outreach in adjacent states to Indiana as well. So we may have some breakouts that uh, not only encompass the different regions of Indiana, but uh, the other states, you know, would have a breakout as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's so important to make these connections locally because, you know, I'm often on a lot of these Facebook forums and stuff and, you know, you'll see people ask a question and it's like this huge question (laughs) that, you know, it's got nuances to it. Right. I mean, you can't just, you know, explain it because it really depends on where you live, what your soil is, what, you know, I don't know what kind of chickens you have or whatever it is. And this is, this is one that's kind of funny, but you know, you see things like this, you know, um, I'm on one of the foraging sites, you know, and every year in the spring, you know, somebody posts a picture of what is this? And it's pokeweed. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then some people will say, yum, poke salad. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) don't you think you need to put some context with that? Because (laughs) You know, poke salad can, I mean, if you don't know the time to harvest poke and, yeah. and all this and how to use it, 
you can like really get sick back. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, it's I like, just, yeah, people yeah. talk about eating stinging nettle and things like that. It's like, yeah, you, you want to know how to do those things though. You just don't want to take yeah. a bite out of it. You I know, know. <laughs> I mean, there's just things you want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's why if you kind of start developing connections locally, people can speak into those things. Yeah. And one thing that was super cool last year, uh, in the, um, breakouts that we did uh, they didn't have somebody to do my particular area. So I led the breakout session. And so that everybody, you know, it was really a cool connecting time and stuff, but one of the gals in my breakout came back that night and started a Facebook group for our County. Cause she actually was in my County. I hadn't met her before. And uh, there seemed to be a lot of people from my County that happened to be in that group anyway. So she started a Facebook group and just, that was the very last day of October last year. There's already 145 people in our County based homesteading group. And we've already had, uh, two regional, I mean, two, uh, uh, breakouts, um, we're, we're going to do quarterly, um, meetups. Oh, that's great. Um, but we had, we're having extra things too. Like I, for years I've done like, uh, canning classes and, mm-hmm. and the high different kinds of classes locally, just at my local, like lions club. And, uh, so like I already did like a pressure canning lab, you know, with that group. And we've had a gardening class. We've had, uh, we have a, um, oh, a wild, wild edible medicinal type walk thing coming up soon. That's really neat. Yeah. And and then, you know, like I've had people over to my house and said, Hey, I'm going to be pruning. If you want to learn how to prune fruit fruit trees, come over, you know, you know, just do things like sure that. You're not just trying to get some free labor. <laughs> no, yeah, there you go. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, the thing is, is like people are sharing and asking questions like, oh, where can I get compost in, in our county? You know, and like that kind of information sharing is so helpful for people, especially for beginners, but yeah. even people who've been doing it for a long time, you need, you need to know your local resources. Yeah. And, and you're right. That is, that is probably the most valuable thing that come out of this because you, you make those connections. Who are your neighbors? I mean, these are people yeah. that really close to you. And mm-hmm. if there's a need, those are the people who can meet it and, and, and vice versa. If they have a need, those are the people you can reach out to and be a helping hand to as well. And you guys can learn off each other and it's convenient because you're close. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best things that could come out of something like this for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you find somebody that has a resource for, for, you know, rabbit manure or, you know, all kinds of things mm-hmm. that you you really could use, but it's not convenient because, you know, you might see something online and you have to travel two counties to go get it. But yep. once you actually start to know how many people are involved in this movement, you know, it, it's a lot of people, yeah. you know, I don't think pe- there are people all around, you know, I am um, at the conference. I met somebody that lives two miles down the road for me. <laughs> Never knew before. That's <laughs> and amazing. I, I hadn't met him before or ever yeah. done that. And they're living this lifestyle and, you know, it's really neat. I just love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, can you kind of give me the layout of the, uh, the conference? Um, like, so it starts off on a Friday, say it's Friday and Saturday, Saturday. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it starts off on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. Saturday, and Sunday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it just opens up to speakers and then there's breakout sessions and 
I thought I seen something about like a hog roast or something. I mean, there's some other things yes, going on as well, right? There is yeah. a hog roast. Um, okay, so um, it's a two day event. At we're having um, check in will start at seven thirty a.m. Mm. Um, and the vendor halls, sponsor hall, and everything will be open at seven thirty in the morning because you know it'll probably take a while for everybody to check in. Sure, it'll be located at the Marion County Fairgrounds. Sometimes people get confused and they're asking about the state fairgrounds, but the fairgrounds, um, Marion County is outside the I-465 loop on Mm -hmm. the east side of Indianapolis. So check-in will be taking place uh, starting at 730, like I said, and the campus is like 120 something acres Uh, and it's all fenced and gated and the uh, um, overnight the gates will be locked. Um, we have 70 uh, RV hookups uh, mm-hmm. for RVs. So if people want to rent spaces, that's going to be done through the Marion County Fairgrounds. Okay. Uh, they, they're going to handle that themselves. Uh, they're the ones running the spots. Um, but we're also going to have um, uh, tent camping. primitive tent tent camping will be available as well. Um, You know, no hookups or anything like that, but, um, and then there are bathrooms of course on site and stuff, but I don't know. They said that their showers aren't working quite right. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's going to be fixed in time. We'll see about that. But um, so um, most people probably just drive in for the event anyway. I mean, it's right. I know Indiana based conference. Most people probably just, Although we are uh, reaching out to adjacent states, yeah, so that's we'll true. see that's this year true. what that yeah. what that looks like because you know there are a lot of people who are looking for a large event like this with a lot of educational opportunities. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I know the Homesteaders of America, of course, it sells out so fast that you know if, if anybody get on in on that really fast, you miss out on it. And they have people coming from all over the country. But then things like this are just as valuable, in my opinion, and more val- more valuable actually because they're your neighbors, you know. Right, and, uh, right. And, and so I even think it's more valuable but yeah yeah uh, i think i think it will have regional poll we'll see but anyway okay so uh saturday evening um the conference um after the educational sessions we will have a hog roast we're calling it the hog roast and hoot nanny <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a band there uh a live band and uh, the um the food the hog roast is being done on site um, by uh, one of our sponsors called the Overgrown Pastures, and they locally source all of their meats and their food, and uh, it, they they have very high quality food. the um, The food truck owner that does this was a chef, and uh, so we're super excited about that because I think it's going to be great. Overgrown yeah. Pastures is the name of that. They have a food truck, but um, yeah, they're going to be bringing their pig box and roasting the hog right on site, uh, which will smell really good on Saturday. Yeah. will be walking <laughs> so, around hungry all the time. I yeah. know. <laughs> but we'll have food trucks there during the day for people mm-hmm. to, to be able to eat on campus because you know, there are places that are five minutes up the road or something, but sure. the the location is kind of, um, there are like kind of farms on parts of the sides of the, the fairgrounds. And um, it's, you know, it's not way out, but it's not like super handy. It's not like, you know, right, you know, the block over there's places to eat. Right. 
But so anyway, we'll have some cool food trucks and then the hog roast and hoot nanny. Um, the ticket for the hog roast and hoot nanny is a separate ticket. So just okay. people be aware that you can see when you go on the website. Yeah, I, I was looking through the packages there. It's kind of got some different setups for buying the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then Sunday, it'll be another full day. And um, the none of the sessions are going to be repeated. Um, we'll have some speakers speaking more than once, yeah. but uh, none of the sessions themselves will be the same, same session. So we may have a uh, session one, session two, like a beginner and then intermediate, you know, of a certain topic. But uh, we also are going to be offering some um, um, demonstrations mm-hmm. um, of certain things on campus, uh, you know, maybe quick things that people can see, like, you know, mushroom logs or, you know, de- demonstrations of certain things. Yeah, uh, and awesome. then we're going to have some intent, more intensive workshops. We don't have those listed yet with the specifics. Those will be a separate ticket. Okay. For example, Joel Salatin is going to be doing a butchering workshop. Oh, I don't know nice. if you, you know, have seen him talk on that, but mm-hmm. he is going to be doing a hands-on butchering workshop. Wow. And that'll be a much smaller group of people where you get more intensive training. Yeah. That's uh, so there are things like that. And the Do- Dorries are going to be offering an intensive workshop as well. Um, we actually, like, I, I'm pretty sure the one we're going to do is a beginner's homesteader uh, intensive training um, where um, it's going to last for two or three hours. We haven't nailed the details down yet, but yeah. it'll be a smaller group of people where there's a lot of intensive questions and uh, uh, you come out of there with a plan. And um, so anyway, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of cool things going on there. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, it's just fueling the fire. You know, you are, it's just, it's going to go crazy here in Indiana now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'll, yeah. I, and I just think that it's, there's already so much interest if people, yeah. once people become aware, uh, and I, it's, I think it's going to be super fun too. Like I, and I love the aspect of us doing these community building breakouts and stuff, but um, my hope is it'll be kind of like a cool, almost fair-like feel to it too, because we're going to have the food trucks and the way that the fairgrounds is laid out and everything. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have a lot of fun things. You know, we're going to have face painting for the kids, you know, farm animal face painting. We're going to, we have also this year, the, we call them the junior homesteaders classes Oh yeah, uh, for kids um, five to 12. Um, so that's a cool addition this year too. a uh, lot of neat things. So yeah, I think it's really going to cool. be super fun. And, you know, you're going to smell that hog roasting out there in the food trucks and, you know, we're going to have lemon shakeups and, you know, just, just a lot of fun stuff on, on the campus, uh, as well. Um, and my hope is to try to find somebody that will, do some like small demonstrations. Like I kind of thought, you know, people who've never seen a wood splitter work, like just that, I mean, like a 10 minute little, you know, Mm -hmm. thing on the campus that shows you what a wood splitter is. And, you know, um, we have lots of different ideas on that as well. Like um, fun little demonstrations, like how to set up poultry netting or, yeah. You know, stuff like that, like some nobody's, you know, if you just haven't seen what that looks like or what those resources are that people actually use. If you're a beginning homesteader and you haven't been aware of what rotational grazing is and how to use poultry netting, you know, 
even like brief little things, you know, to show people this is what poultry netting is and this is how you put the gate in. Maybe, to, maybe somebody will bring a like a chicken tractor or something and just show people what a chicken tractor is and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something so like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're wanting to do that. And uh we do have one of our sponsors is Portacoop and they do mm-hmm. have chicken tractors. Yeah. So um yeah. So anyway, we're we're working away. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I am up until like one or two o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's not uncommon, like me just working on all kinds of things. So it's oh, this uh, is only the second year this has been going on. You guys have just uh really upped the game on it. I mean, I heard about it last year because I was you know kind of behind on it. I mean, it was the first year you did it, and it yeah. was, I mean, people just talked about how great it was. And it sounds like this year you're just knocking it out of the park and it's just way bigger and better. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I hope so. I mean, I really do think so. I mean, because I, yeah. I I just think there's so many fun things this year that are added on to last year. And um, and I don't remember if this is like when we were before the show started, we were talking or if we talked about it here. But last year, the tickets were gone within two weeks of, you know, the time yeah. to be open. So um, and last year it was free. You know, it was it was our first year and there was a number of reasons for that. But Um, but this year tickets are, you know, paid. Um, but you know, I think we're just really bringing so many resources to people. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be just not only informative, but just really fun. And I hope a a lot of people will get involved, not only because of the educational opportunities, but because of the community again, like, having people there to, to meet who, who lives in your region of the state, you know, um, and making those connections to let people know too, like, you know, we, we still want to have vendors. Um, we, we had, um, one building that was 90 by 145 that, uh, with all the sponsors and everything has filled up. And so we were starting to offer outdoor, um, Uh, spots for people who have their own tents and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we just uh, made another building available um, this morning to uh, offer more vendor spaces inside. Um, Um, So anyway, uh, I think, um, yeah. And and also mother earth news is coming. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, they have, they're going to have a 6,000 square foot, um, space with a bookstore, a large, large bookstore and a lot of other type of resources and materials and, uh, things that they're going to bring to the conference. I so. see. I seen layman's was a sponsor too. Are they going to be there doing anything or are they yes, just they're, sponsoring mm-hmm. it? Yeah. They are. Yeah. And, um, we, um, actually I haven't updated this cause we just, you know, finished some things today, but Azure standard is going to be there as a sponsor. Uh-huh. We, we have so many sponsors The the main <laughs> poster that we're putting out, um, it, it only has the top, like, sure. Levels. You fit them all on there. <laughs> no, we can't like the page is already so full, yeah. but, um, we have a lot of sponsors coming. That's and one good. of the others is um, Rural King. We have Plain Values Magazine, which is a magazine. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a homesteading magazine, and they're they're going to be doing a um, a um, ad for us in their magazine. And nice. so anyway, we have lots of connections developing. Very so many. It's really cool. 
Yeah, you're doing some great things there, and it ain't just you. You've got some people helping you as well. Absolutely. Kind of and and uh, this is a big this is a big event, so it's not, it's bigger than one person, of course. That, that can it handle is. It. But you did a Absolutely. great job. You know, I'm I'm glad that you were inspired to to get it started and uh, and do all this. I mean, uh, I think the education that people uh, can gain from this, the inspiration people can gain from this, and the the community. Uh, that they Absolutely. can gain from this is so worth it. And anybody that can go should go, I think, because if you, even if you're, whether you're homesteading or you're just in, interested in homesteading, because I think this could be the the catalyst that kind of gets you going uh, if Absolutely. you're just right on the fence, maybe, you know. Yeah. And to just the awareness, because when you go to something like this, you really get exposed to so many ideas you wouldn't have thought of necessarily yep. of yeah. ways that you can plug in. Like, for example, you know, you mentioned growing microgreens mm -hmm. or, you know, so many things that you might not think of as homesteading, but really as a part of homesteading. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you get exposure because you see all these vendors that carry all these different products that you never thought like, oh, wow, you know, I could use that and that would make my life easier or yep. Uh, you again, you meet people in your local area that has resources that you thought would be difficult to find. But because you made those connections, you you know where to find your rabbit manure for your garden or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, I think uh, like you're doing some great things. People can get uh, really I can find all the information at Indiana Homesteading Conference dot com. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure I got it. I have a link in the uh, the show notes for that. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot going on. I was looking, I was just looking at the website right before we jumped on uh, the meeting here, and uh, you, just amazing. I mean, I can't believe it's only the second year for this thing, and it's as you've got as much going on as you do, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I think people would have a lot to gain from it from being there. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I just I think it's it's encouraging, and I'm glad you're doing it. I mean, somebody yeah, has to do thanks. it, so I'm glad it's you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, for years, you know, I mean, years. My husband and I. We talked amongst each other. Oh, we we really want to go to a homesteading conference sometime. It would be so cool just to connect with like-minded people, yeah. learn a lot, like learn about, you know, tools that are available or whatever. And there wasn't anything close by. I mean, it would be uh, yeah. a major thing. And we were in busy jobs and stuff. You know, it would be a major thing for us to travel and be yeah. gone so long and everything. And I thought, why isn't there one of these in Indiana? It seems like people from Indiana, especially, are more connected to growing, you know, yeah. farming, things like that. Uh, but there never was one. So I'm, I'm happy to see them popping up just all over the country because that has been a, for a lot of people because homesteaders are busy and you got animals and it's hard to break away for several days, you know, you, Absolutely. you break away for one or two and, you know, get somebody to watch your farm for you or whatever, but it's hard to get away for, you know, five, six, seven days sometimes to go travel halfway across the country to a, to a conference or something. But yeah, when, when it's set up like when it's close to your house, I mean, you can just drive over for the day. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Back and I, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you're doing it because you're right. There wasn't anything in Indiana uh -huh. for, for so yeah. long. And yeah. I've seen there's a couple of them this year, different, different ones, but yours, I think it's the best. I just have yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Things have been popping up lately, like around the state and other states. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I think yeah, that the movement's you know, growing for sure. Like you said, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this off air before or not, but or if it was after, but um, I think that you know, we were talking about Joel Salatin's book, the yeah. uh, the homesteading tsunami. That's what it was. That um, 
even before COVID, there was a real increase in interest in, yeah. in this kind of thing. But after COVID, I don't know. I just think it really set a lot of people off into thinking about being more resilient and more, yeah. you know, sustainable in their living practices. And maybe even more healthy too, because there was Absolutely. a lot of you know, sickness and things. And people thought, you know, I, I want to just get my body healthy and, you know, good food. I mean, yeah, it, does, it literally grows on trees and in your yard uh -huh. and everything else. So, you know, it's great if you can just uh, take advantage of that and not, you know, you get this nutrient dense food and, and that you can grow yourself. And, and people are just, you're right. I think people are just really interested in that. There's a hundred reasons to get into homesteading and people are just finding the ones that fit them. And, and absolutely. Yeah. And that is something that's so important to me is just for people from all walks of life mm -hmm. to think about entering into, you know, homesteading, you know, with wherever you are. And again, I, I don't remember if this was before, after we talked about this, but like, for me, my husband and I are in our 60s and, you know, we have some, you know, you know, we're not as spry as we used to be and, you know, whatever. But, you know, so we we can do certain things that really fit us. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, there are those issues, you know, your age, you know, whatever, where you live, what your background's been, yep. what you like even, you know, yep. what kind of food you like or whatever. But there are ways everybody can enter into learning how to pr produce more of their own food. Yep, I agree. And, you know, you're not going to be able to do everything, even very experienced homesteaders, you know, you're not an island unto yourself, you know, you still can, you know, but maybe you can meet other homesteaders, you know, this person likes to grow meat birds, you know, and I like to grow fruits and nuts and I can teach people how to can and they can teach me how to butcher a rabbit or, you know, yeah. whatever. And then you can so, form relationships, relationships for bartering and, and, and do it that way. Absolutely. That, that can be, mm -hmm. be an added absolutely. bonus to those, to that community sense of community. So yeah, yeah for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, you, I think you're going to accomplish everything you're trying to accomplish because it sounds like it's, it's exactly what it's going to do. It's educate and inspire motivate mm -hmm. and uh and even build community and i think that's i think that right there is the thing that's going to um i think it, it's just going to be good for the homesteading community overall because uh we need these connections and um and we need to restore these forgotten skills uh Absolutely. like you said a lot of us grew up that way but then we all got away from it and then we didn't teach our kids maybe you know some of these things and now it's like what you know because we stepped away i mean i did that you know i grew yeah. up doing it then i stepped away from it and then i raised kids who didn't do it yeah you know? and now those kids are like uh, how do we do that you know and and you're yeah. trying to teach them and some of them are wanting to to figure out how to do it now and and you know mm -hmm. and they're in their 20s and 30s and they're wanting to do this yeah yeah there was just a really I think we're going to see a major shift. Mm -hmm. I really do um, for lots of different reasons, but um, I think people are hungry for it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm excited for that too, because I think that like you said earlier, there's been this, this mindset of lack when it yes. really should be a mindset of abundance because Absolutely. there's so much you can do with a little bit of land and, and, yeah. and truly be an abundant uh, a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. to grow your own food and um we need to think like that i hear that talk all the time it's like oh we got to have these you know thousands of acre fields because we got to feed this planet yeah I mean, the truth is that if everybody had a, an acre or two they could feed their family by themselves i mean they wouldn't yeah. need 
access to that. You oh, know. and uh, honestly, again, like we talked about the DeVries family, Don't like they raised all their own food on a 10th of an acre. And right, had they were vegetarians of- and they were in California. So they could grow year round, but still yes. there's a lot you can do. Uh, yeah. You could grow a majority of your food. Anywhere. But you know, a lot, there's a lot of things that people can do that they yeah. just don't even think about. Like, you know, mushroom logs, or, I mean, you can add to what you have. And if you know how to preserve food Mm -hmm. and if you know how to can or dehydrate or whatever, you know, you, and, and grow microgreens for greens through the winter. And, you know, I've got some, um, some arugula out here that survived all winter with no cover. I was out walking my garden this morning and there was kale that survived that winter. And we had a pretty brutal, there was some really cold, we had a really cold uh, few weeks there, you know. Absolutely. I've had kale live through the winter several times. Yeah. I was got surprised for this winter because it was so cold there a couple of times that I was surprised that it lived, but it did. It it popped right back up. So, and you know, there's some, uh, there's a lot of information out there on growing undercover, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Oh, shoot. What is his name? Oh, I can't think of it right now. But anyway, he grows in Maine under two levels of cover. So a greenhouse with, um, um, oh, shoot, what's it called? The basically a mini greenhouse. Um, yeah, I like the row cover. Cold frame. Cold frames. Or, okay. or, or yeah. row covers. Yeah. But under uh, each. You, you talking about Elliot level, Coleman or. Yes, Elliot yeah. Coleman. Uh, but each level of cover basically moves your growing zone 500 miles to the south. So he grows greens all winter long. Yeah. You know, there, there's a way, you know, you need to learn to do it. There's a skill level to it. But, you know, if you can imagine two levels of cover takes you a thousand miles to the south, you know, that really expands <laughs> your growing season a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard is that like a zone per cover or something, you know, that, you know, you can definitely, uh, it can definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I put a greenhouse in my backyard and it changed the way I was doing a lot of things, you know, and then I put aquaponics in the greenhouse, which was even better, you know, I was able to grow things that were, that I couldn't grow any other, any other way. And it makes it really great for like propagating like cuttings and things like that. It's really good for that. It's, it's, I just, I just pulled about 40 elderberry cuttings out of there and planted in them today. (laughs) Yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, elderberry is so easy to grow, man. It's a weed. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You don't really need aquaponic system. It just makes yeah. it a little quicker. It, it pretty much just stick the stick in the ground. It'll go. Oh, I I have about a ninety percent success rate of yeah. just taking a cutting and stick it in the ground. It, as long as you don't wait too late in the season, you need to do yeah. it before it's leafed out. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind it's, of an amazing plant. Yeah, there's I have a few things is. like that around here. Comfrey You're is another one. I, I grow a lot of comfrey for animal feed and yeah. fertilizers and things. We grow a lot of comfrey. Yeah. Yeah, just everywhere. You can just, it's so easy. But yeah, these are the things that people need to know, though. I mean, you know, because it, it is easy to produce a lot of food with certain things for it sure. It is. And, you know, yeah. you can dehydrate a lot of things, you know, yeah. that will last you through the winter. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know. That's a whole, whole, whole big thing that I <laughs> yeah, just get excited we could, we about. We could go from today. topic to topic to topic on, yeah, on this podcast, but yeah, there is. But that's why people should go to the conference because they're going to hear all this and you can just learn, you can pick the things you want to learn and go, go to a session on it and, um, and learn a little bit more about it and be inspired to get after it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to encourage folks to, uh, to check out the website, get their tickets as soon as possible. Absolutely. You don't yes. know who knows uh, what the max limit will be and when it'll yes, hit. So, that's uh, right. 
you're yeah. expanding buildings and things, but at some point it's going to be a cutoff. So yeah. Um, yeah, get your tickets soon and, uh, and be part of this. Cause uh, I think it's going to be pretty special and it'll be nice to, to meet some neighbors. Uh, I think that there's probably, I'm sure there's a lot of folks real close to me that I don't even know that are doing it, that are doing it. Oh, I'm sure. And I would, I would like to know them. I really would. Yeah. So that's cool. So yeah, well, and if there's any way that you guys know of that, you know, we can kind of get the word out, you know, I know that you're, you know, helping us get the word out, but absolutely. you know, anything, any groups like that, that, you know, we'll grab the poster or the Facebook post or whatever and share mm-hmm. it around so that people absolutely. are aware. Yeah. Cause a lot of people may not even just hear about it. So yeah. Well, like last year, I didn't even know what was going on. I know. <laughs> you guys I know. were a little quieter about it last year. That was the first yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you have anything else to add, I'll let you get on with your busy day. It sounds like you probably, I don't want you up to one or two in the morning working on your conference stuff. So you need to, I probably will be anyway. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard when you're that excited about it. And it's, it's coming up in, in October seems like a long ways away, but it'll be here. Yeah, but there's a lot of projects to get done by yeah. because, you know, we really want to make it a special event that is not just an educational event that's important, but we want it to be a cool experience. It's fun. Too, yeah. 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 Have, people have fun and, and can't wait for the next one. Yeah. That's yeah. That makes it special. Yeah. You can learn, you can watch YouTube and learn things, but there's yeah. something about being there and mingling with the people and, and having yeah. experience and uh, that, that, that's what makes it worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you can ask a real person a question and that's always nice too. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. Well, Rhonda, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, and I look forward to helping you get the word out about this and yeah. I look forward to the conference. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Well, thanks Harold. I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun to talk to you and get to know you. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a modern homestead We do here every day Snapping beans like grandma did Sitting on her front porch Hunting and fishing like a kid Once you've done all of your chores It's a modern Today